Hey there, and we're back with another Geek Sweat, bringing you news, views, and interviews from the world of film. I'm King Dom, and as always, we're joined by our trusty sound recordist, Neo Geo. Hello! Our co-presenters, TJ. Howdy. MKH. Good day. And Cody. Hi. So, this is another of our Cult TV episodes, episode 63. We are 63 episodes old. In season four. In no season less. four, yeah, wow. normally a, 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 a milestone. No, it's not, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's really not. <laughs> Unless you're about to collect your pension, maybe, I don't know. That no, there you go, yeah, free bus 60, pass. 65 or 67 right now. Okay. You could have worked two years harder. I could have been working time and a half. Retired two years early. Well, <laughs> you are the expert on all things bus. We defer to you. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 65 everyone. <laughs> but continue. Alright, so we are talking about Doctor Who, which started in 1963. That's Whoa. true, yeah. I knew I was going to work that in somehow. Well done, Kingdom. Thank you. That's why they pay you the big bucks. Really is. And then you can sit on the Game of Thrones for that. Worth every penny. So, we are doing another Cult TV, and we are up to the ninth Doctor. Is that right, Stephen? That is right. That is the ninth Doctor. If you remember last time, we were talking about the wilderness years between 1989 and... Um, 2005, where, um, if you remember, we talked about the 8th Doctor, Paul McGann. Um, finally, Doctor Who returned to TV as a series in 2005. Um, there are a few things that came, that were bubbled, kind of came together at the same time in order to, for this to kind of work and happen. Um, Jane Tranter became head of drama at BBC. She was a Doctor Who fan. She knew Russell T. Davis, who was also a big Doctor Who fan, and Russell T. Davis was kind of the golden boy at that time. He, um, his first drama for was for Channel Four was Queer as Folk, which was one of the most honest looks at gay life in um, that has been produced and quite controversial at the time. But, um, I made it controversial recently by referring to Aidan Gillen as British when he was uh, actually from no. Was there another reason for it being controversial? Yeah, I mean, I think the first episode con- contains a sex scene between a man and, a, and an underage boy, 15-year-old boy. Wow. So that was, um, yeah. What? <laughs> what were we talking about here? Sorry. <laughs> folk. Oh, I thought you were talking and about Doctor also Who. joining us today <laughs> is MKH. <laughs> no, I, I seriously thought you were talking about Doctor Who. I was thinking, this is a lost tape shot here, but I'll carry on. Yeah, no, definitely. Welcome, yeah. Back. Yeah. Welcome back to the room, MKH. Yeah. So, and Rusty was a big fan of Doctor Who and... Um, so um, Jane Trenton asked Russell Davis is interested in bringing it back. He was. Um, there are things that he wanted to change. Um, Doctor Who had always been broadcast, well, basically all the time is 25-minute episodes with um, normally four episodes making a story. Um, and uh, Russell Davis thought it was bad. He kind of based it on Buffy the Vampire Slayer in the, you know, 45-minute episodes. Was there any um, apprehension about Russell T. Davis, like joining Doctor Who from like the fans or BBC with that history of uh, Queer as Folk? Well, no, he'd, he'd done a couple of programmes since then. He'd done a, a programme called Bob and Rose. Okay. It was about a gay man who falls in love with a woman. Cool. And um, so he, he was known for kind of less controversial stuff as well and, and kind of more family stuff. And um, also, I mean, Rusty Davis, his, he actually his first job in, in TV was that he was behind... Um, uh, Oh, what did tell this show about? I'm um, not watching television. Um, why don't you? Yeah, oh, he was wow. behind Why Don't You? <laughs> That's amazing. And uh, all those years ago, yep, 
Because that was about getting kids off their asses uh, yeah, to kind of TV. and yeah. uh, get involved in arts, crafts, and activities yeah. around around town. Yep. Oh, we did Casanova as well. With was that the one with um, David, David, David Tennant? Tennant? Yep. So there's a Doctor Who connection there. Cool. Yep. Okay. So uh, so it's agreed that Doctor Who can come back. Um, they they had a number of actors that were they were interested in for the role. Hugh Grant was offered it and turned it down to play Doctor. Yeah, and, and later regretted it. He also he actually played the Doctor in the um, comic relief special that I talked about in the last episode. Oh wow! So he would have been a double Doctor. Yeah, it, double dose. Eventually, eventually went to Christopher Eccleston, who was kind of a weird choice because the Doctor's always known as a bit of a kind of dandy, kind of Edwardian gent kind of um, look. Whereas um, Christopher Eccleston, the Ninth Doctor, wears a leather jacket, kind of. Uh, uh, V-neck jumper, black jeans, boots. He doesn't look like a doctor. He's he's got the shortest hair out of all of the doctors. He as does well. have the shortest hair out of yeah. all the doctors. Working class as well. Working class, yeah. yeah well, Mancunian was... anyway. At any rate, <laughs> no, but he, he definitely identifies as being working class. Does um, he? Yeah, yeah, he does. Um, he, he had character or Eccleston himself. Eccleston himself. He had some choice words for the Conservative Party. Yeah. In that they didn't give enough opportunities for people like himself to break into acting because, as you know, they slashed all types of funding to arts um, for those interested in that side of <laughs> British <laughs> culture. But yeah, no, because since you were saying he's nothing like any other doctors. No, he, I mean, he's not really. He's kind of, he's the down-to-earth one. I, I, th- I think he might, it might be in a... Sorry. Is there another thing? There's another thing that makes him down-to-earth. Isn't he like one of the few doctors or the only doctor who doesn't turn up to the conventions as well? Um, yeah, don't, but then he's a jobbing actor at the moment. Okay, so yeah. it's, it's not like he's... A, a lot of doctors now are kind of at that age where, you know, they can make quite a bit of money in, sure. on the convention circuit, but he's still an actual actor. I mean, Paul McGann doesn't do loads because, yeah. you know, he's still a problem. And David Tennant probably doesn't do a lot. Yeah, he would like, never yeah, need yeah. to do that, would he? Yeah, I mean, David Tennant probably might because he's a big Doctor Who fan, but... Yeah. But like, he wouldn't have to <laughs> he wouldn't for, have for to the money. It. No, no. And obviously Matt Smith and <coughs> Capaldi wouldn't be so Cody let's get you back yeah, to um, back. what about so, so this look um is the look of the doctor whose idea was that was that Eccleston's idea was it Russell T Davis's uh, idea I think once you get Christopher Eccleston as the actor then you know you've got to kind of play to that and his strengths and he's got that kind of northern kind of working class kind of uh uh personality so you kind of work towards that and he was paired in the first season with um, Billy Piper. Billy Piper at that point was known for her pop career and for... Um, Going out with Chris Evans. Getting drunk with Chris Evans. She went out with him, though, didn't Get, she? She married, married him. him. Married yeah. him. Amazing. Whole, she, he did a hat-trick then, didn't I he? I think everyone is a little bit more kind of worried about that than maybe Christopher Eccleston or Russell T. Davis. Yeah. Because I don't think she's really done any acting since then and it was kind of she was thrown in the deep end. I don't think she's done a lot of singing thing. since then either. She's done quite a bit since, yeah. Singing? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, singing. No, not singing. I wasn't <laughs> <laughs> what were you saying? Sinning? <laughs> yeah. We suddenly turned Being into to the, the Christian t- half t- hour. T- <laughs> turn into the dark side. Okay, so now, so we're going to get, so now we're down to kind of Buffy Vampire type kind of format. So we've got 45 minute episodes, got Monster a Week, but then we also have a, a kind of a, a, a series arc that plays through. It's Doctor Who. Doctor Who's kind of tried that before, but in a much more overt way. It wasn't done as more subtle, like in, say, in modern sci-fi where it's kind of it's alluded to throughout the season and then kind of at the end it's all brought up whereas like easter eggs that exactly, kind of exactly thing. so it starts off the doctor meets um rose rose has got a boyfriend his name is mickey he's played by noel clark oh, and um of adulthood and kid adulthood fame of adulthood and kid adulthood fame 
Or Doctor Who fame, and you could say. Or Feed the Same Pet fame. Was he now Feed the Same Pet? <laughs> he was, yeah. Oh, it must have been a remake, Dan. Yeah, he played the guy who's died, who died, son. But he, did he do that before or after Doctor Who? He did that before Doctor Who. He was in the oh, Doctor Who spin-off as well. Torchwood. He yeah. wasn't Torchwood. Yeah, yeah, he, he had a star role in that. And speaking of Torchwood, isn't the ninth Doctor the first time we meet Captain Jack Harkness? I was going to talk about that, obviously. But yeah, so it starts off, so the Doctor... And Rose, the Doctor, and, and another change they've made from when they tried to relaunch it in '96 with um, Paul McGann. With Paul McGann, they brought Sylvester McCoy back to do the regeneration scene. This was seen as quite a bit of a mistake. So, in the first episode of New Doctor Who, Rose, Christopher Eccleston's is straight there. It's not. There's no messing about regeneration. Here's the Doctor. It's Christopher Eccleston. We do actually a few years later get to see Paul McGann's regeneration, but. At this time, this is it. It's the Doctor. It's to introduce him to a new audience. You know, kids who don't know about Doctor Who, don't know about regeneration, they find it confusing. So he goes straight in with that. And then they, they do a little a thing that's been kind of copied since, which is first story is set in present time. Second story is set in space. And the third story is set in the past. Did they not do that before? Because no. I thought that's how they always did it. No, 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 no. Because no. wasn't the first ever episode of Doctor Who sent in the present and then they went back to the Stone Age and then there was the one with the Daleks? Well, the Stone Age one is actually the first story. The Daleks is the second story. All oh, right, okay. And the third story is um, inside the spaceship. It just happens in the TARDIS. So it's slightly different. And um, so we've got the first episode. And then in the third episode, Doctor meets Charles Dickens. So... This Played by another, Simon Callow. Yeah, this is another thing that become that the new series does much more than the old series is bring in historical characters to have adventures as a doctor. They're the first person this happens to is Charles Dickens. Um, the ghost story in Cardiff, and then after that came uh, controversial monsters in the Slovene, um, fighting aliens. Who, um, what, why were they controversial? Yeah, because they fired. But then this is the whole thing. This is why Russell Davis understands Doctor Who because Doctor Who can be silly. Doctor Who should be silly. It can't. It shouldn't always be. It shouldn't be serious. You know, if you've got this is fighting aliens, it's fighting aliens. The reason yeah. the aliens are fighting is because they were crammed inside um, flesh suits, <laughs> <laughs> and it was their air trying to get out of it and fighting aliens. Um, and then... Uh, Didn't the pilot episode also feature Noel Clark getting eaten by a wheelie bin? By a wheelie bin. It was probably the worst effect <laughs> in Doctor Who. And you could probably um, count the old series in that too. <laughs> and the wheelie bin burps when yeah, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> and then the Dalek. And then the kind of the first kind of great story of the new series, um, Dalek, which is about a single Dalek that's been left alive. And it's about... Um, you know, the Doctor obviously hates it, wants to kill it. The, the Dalek, after all, wants to kill the Doctor. But Rose, obviously, she hasn't got the whole Doctor-Dalek thing, and she takes the side of the Dalek. Um, she doesn't see any difference in the Doctor and the Dalek in the way that they're dreaming each other. And it co it's a brilliant story. Um, um, maybe the best of the season. I remember this, the, um, yeah. Because this was around the time of the Gulf War as well. Lots of yeah, people yeah. saw parallels in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it ends with, a, with the suicide of a Dalek, which... Um, you don't often see. <laughs> did, did you find that this uh, incarnation of the Doctor was more angry than any of the others? He is, but then there's a whole... To explain the kind of the, the gap between the last time we saw the Doctor and now, they came up with the Time War. The Time War was a massive war between the Daleks and the Time Lords, which wiped out both. So when he meets the Dalek in the first season, he thinks they've all been destroyed and he thinks he's the only one left of any of them, Time Lords and Daleks. So this Dalek back is a surprise and he just wants to kill it, get it. 
done. So he becomes more like a Dalek. And a Dalek doesn't know what to do. It's by itself. It hasn't got any orders. It doesn't know how to function. It wants to kill itself. The thing about the Time Wars in Doctor Who, is that like a, like a Neris in uh, Frasier, like this thing that is constantly talked about throughout the series, but you know... Yeah, but I mean, it has a function in that it kind of clears away all the debris of the old series, you know. Yeah. Because the old series had all the Time Lord mythology and it had all the Daleks, all the different histories of the Daleks, all the different yeah. ways the Time Lords have kind of got involved. And I see I was just wanting to clear all that out, get okay. rid of it all, just have the Doctor left. And that's the thing like Dan Harmon is kind of referring to in Rick and Morty when the character talks about the Gear Wars that nobody's actually got the time to listen to <laughs> that character. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. There's also the Clone Wars in Star Wars, which is another kind of inter-series happening yeah, that yeah. is often referred to, little understood or cared about. <laughs> so, so because of this time war, then the Ninth Doctor is kind of, he's angry, he's kind of, he does have a bit of a chip on his shoulder. He's kind of, it's his, he's grieving for his, for the, um, his um, people, which is slightly weird because he never really seemed to like the Time Wars much in the old series. And now, now suddenly he's their biggest fan. I mean, I know they all died. So, but um, Stephen Moffat, who would later on become the uh, showrunner, um, taking over Rossi Davis, his first story in, in the first season is called um, The Empty Child. And that's a well remembered story about a Second World War. Um, a, a child with a gas mask on, gas mask on. Oh wow! Wandering around asking for his mummy. That sounds and pretty in, dark. Yeah, and it's in this story that we first meet Captain Jack Harness, who's a time agent from the future. Okay. And he joins the crew. He joins the TARDIS crew with um, Rose and the Doctor at the end of the story. And the season climaxes with um, the Doctor finding out the, the Daleks. There wasn't just one left. There was actually loads and loads left. And they're everywhere. Oh, wow. And so it's, it's, a, it's a big Doctor versus Daleks um, finale, which is probably what everyone needed for the first season. Do you get to see it? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we see Captain Jack Harkness die for the first time. Okay. But he's immortal. But he's immortal because at the end of this season, Rose what? becomes all pa- the most all-powerful time being in the, in the universe. And she brings. Um, Can we do spoilers? Because I want to know how how does Jack Hartless become immortal? Because is he like a Highlander type character or what? Um, Rose stares into the TARDIS, okay. into the heart of the TARDIS, and she shouldn't have and, done that. And she kind of the whole Matrix is inside her. That sounds she's, a bit she's dark. Got the Phoenix. Power, yeah, she's yeah. got the power of like of space and time, and okay. um, she's able to bring Jack back to life after he's killed by a Dalek. But what makes him immortal? That moment. Because well, she brings him back to life. He's okay. died, he's back to life, he can't die now. Okay. I think we find out later that he can't, we don't know, we just see him come back to life at the end of the story, but he misses going off with the Now doctor. I'm interested in one thing, because like Jack Harkness, like in his own series, uh, I can't remember what it was called. Torchwood. Yeah? Thank you. Um, he's identified as being bisexual. Now mm-hmm. in this episode or in this series of The Ninth Doctor, is he identified as a bisexual character? Or does he that come he kisses both Rose and the Doctor on the lips. Intimately, he's, yeah. he's identified as pansexual. Okay, so it's not just like a happy Christmas, nope. here's your presents, kiss, nope. it's like a proper full of, with tongues. So you kiss a man when you offer him a present at Christmas? <laughs> no, you could do, it's a sign of affection, isn't it? But have you ever? I probably have. I've kissed my dad on the cheek. 
No, the mouth. The mouth. No, but I'm trying to find out. I don't know. No, what, I don't know. What, I don't know what a kiss was. That's what, was Stephen, was, what that's what was. Stephen was alluding to. Yeah, because yeah. it could have been pansexual. a pansexual. How it much spit do you need? No, it could have been a Doctor Who Christmas special. How much spit was there? <laughs> anyway, no. Can I? I got a quick question. It, am I misremembering, or does this Doctor wield a gun? Wield a gun. Yeah. Wield a gun. Um. I'm sure. I'm sure he finds one, doesn't he? I mean, yeah. In that Dalek episode, he's like looking for weapons, yeah, and he yeah, yeah. picks one up. Yeah. Did 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 he fire it? Because or did he just threaten to fire it? Yeah, but yeah, he threatens to fire it because I thought that was a big note. It was like number one rule, like Batman: I never kill anyone. The Doctor: I don't use weapons. Yeah, I mean, but lots of Doctors have broken that rule. But is, does that speak to the anger of this particular doctor? Or yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I mean, he's he's angry at the Dalek because you know the Daleks have, have exterminated his the genocide. Mm. The tenth doctors grabbed the gun a few times, and the fourth and the fifth doctors. I'm I not see, sure. They all look like they're maniacs. I'm not hmm. sure about the ninth. There's nothing about the ninth doctor. Oh, that but I, I, I definitely because I would never watch those dandies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely watched this doctor. I haven't got a night. That's how I was really reintroduced to the doctor. And I remember, I I specifically remember this guy wielding a gun. Okay. Okay. I'm just checking a website called cultbox.co.uk under the title (laughs) Doctor Who, a complete list of all the times the doctors used a gun. At the moment, it's the fourth, fifth and the tenth doctor. I'm not seeing anything about the ninth. But go on, Steve. Now, at the end 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 of the season, uh, the doctor regenerates. Okay. Um, Chris Huxley only did one season. The reasons for him leaving are vague. Um, yeah. There's lots of stories. One story I heard is that David Tennant was always meant to be the Doctor. Yeah. But the BBC wanted someone more a, uh, recognisable as a to bring it gap. back with. Okay. So it was kind of seen as Chris Huxley for a season and then bring David Tennant in because David Tennant already worked with Rusty Davis on Casanova. Yeah. Like I said, and he was the he was the person they actually wanted. The thing is, the doctor. with um, Christopher Eccleston, does that mean he only did one season? Of yeah. Nine so, did he look like somebody who felt like he could have done more seasons? Oh yeah, I mean he could have done more seasons, but yeah. But you, I mean, he says his reason at the time is that he was one, didn't want to be typecast, but okay. that's probably not true. Yeah, it's, it's safe and grace. Problems that uh, with the production team that. Yeah. So, yeah, no one really knows why. Okay. And is he like the only Doctor who's done one season? With the exception, I suppose, Paul McGann. Yeah. The one yeah. Thing. Okay, cool. I mean, Sylvester McCoy only did two. Three. Three. Oh, did he do three? Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. I was listening to your episode, Colin Stephen. Baker did two. <laughs> Colin Baker. Oh, yeah. But he also did one story in Peter Davison's last season. So it's kind of two in a little bit. So it was pretty much the shortest tenure of yeah. any of the Doctors. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so there we have it. Um, Christopher Eccleston year, the Christopher Eccleston season. Um, it was very successful. Doctor Who was back, and people actually enjoyed it. I remember my my mum um, is a Christian and she goes to church, and the sermon on the day after the Dalek episode was broadcast was all about the Dalek episode and about mm. what we could learn from Doctor and Daleks in that story. So that's very lovely. Mm. Interesting. Um, and I think that's. Well, I've got for the... So how do you rate Christopher Eccleston in the pantheon of Doctors? It's weird, he's weird. I mean, he's uh, he's a good Doctor, he's got good stories. He's just a bit not quite Doctorish enough, you know. Mm. He needs to... He's not as weird as 
I'd like oh, my doctors to Too be. much of a radical change, maybe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's too straightforward. Is that what it is? No, but it was good to bring it back and kind of, you know, give it a more kind of modern feel because it also brought in the kind of concept that companions have families. Yeah. And now you've got Jackie, who's Rose's mum, who, who, who pops up in, he's woken up in season one, and the doctor has to deal with these sort of trite domestic, domestic things that he's never had to deal with before, <laughs> which is kind of brings out the humour in the first season. So it's more um, real, but do, do you feel like... The oh, si- and, and the boyfriend that she leaves at home to go travel with the Doctor, the kind of jealous boyfriend played by Noel Clark. Okay, So cool. you've got these people who we return to during the season and... So the there's season. real repercussions of yeah, yeah, the Traveller yeah. or the companion travelling yeah, with the never, Doctor. Before in Doctor Who, you know, the, at the end of whatever story, someone would go off with the Doctor. And it's like a they, YTS scheme, companion. wasn't it? It was kind of like child abduction, really. Yeah, yeah. Whereas now we kind of see the ramifications of, okay. of what happens to the people that the companions leave behind at home. I always saw it. I never saw it. I mean, as you get older, you can probably say it's like child abduction. But watching it, it just feels like YTS scheme, internship, <laughs> apprenticeship, kind of, oh, you're with this person who's going to show you the ropes of like time and space travel and, to, and then you can go back and do whatever you want back on Earth or something like that. I always saw it like that. But um, would you say in this version of the, the Doctor Who, the Ninth Doctor, was the suspension of disbelief, was it raised and was it like more mature to allow different sci-fi stories to take place? I'm not sure what you mean. So it's like, <laughs> what I'm saying is like, there's been some like some fantastic ideas about Doctor Who over time. Yeah. So was this like a more grounded in reality one or was there a lot of fantastic ideas they I tried to explore? Grounded. No, it's not grounded in reality. Well, the new Doctor Who currently, yeah. Jodie Whittaker's Doctor Who, that's more grounded in reality. Than the Ninth Doctor. Yeah, but the Ninth and Tenth Doctor, Rusty Davis here is kind of, it's funny, it's kind of big. Yeah. Big um, eye-catching sci-fi fantasy okay, with okay. humour. That's what he does. And so, in, to sum up, would you say the Ninth Doctor was the epic Doctor or the first epic Doctor that we saw? Epic um, Doctor, like big, bigger scale. No, no, no. Epic Doctor. I don't really get what. Well, how would you sum up the the Ninth Doctor in like five words or less? Five words. Um, he was kind of he was sad and lonely. And um, hopeful. That's free. I think he was quite intense. Okay. I thought the Dalek yeah. episode yeah, was yeah. almost Shakespearean. Because I think um, Tennant, no, it wasn't Tennant, Christopher Eccleston played Hamlet around the same time, oh, okay. didn't he? And he brought this kind of Shakespearean quality yeah, yeah. to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was a bit actorly at points. Um, can I just <laughs> take us back a bit? If you type in the Ninth Doctor and gun into Google Images, you will see a photo <laughs> of What's he doing? holding a gun. But inadvertently, um, you see every other Doctor after him that also holds a gun. But my point still stands. So I don't know what website you went on for that news, but that website's said a piece it. of shit. It was, it was, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> it was uh, cultbox.co.uk, I think. Cult, c- Colt box, you're wrong. Okay. Is he holding a gun? Yeah, that's a that's a massive gun. Where? The one in the corner. This one here. Yes. That's like a rocket launcher. Oh, are we really splitting hairs oh, about he, this? He never he never uses that, does he? Oh, he doesn't. No, but no, but we didn't. We never, we never argued that he used it. But he has. No, no. I was, the website I was talking about was the doctor's using the gun. No, but I was talking about he wielding a he was wielding a gun. No, he said used. No, I specifically said wielding. And I said he, he threatened to use it. 
Don, make sure that's his last no, okay. bottle of wine. Gio, Gio, rewind that. And in the next episode, I want an apology. <laughs> well, I, I remember the scene because he's going through some alien weaponry and he's yeah, like, broken, yeah. broken, 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 hair yeah. dryer. That was the punchline. You know broken, yeah. broken, broken, broken. Can I just, can I just say something? That. Christopher Eccleston's outfit, even though he's got slightly longer hair, is very similar and gone in 60 seconds as well. So you've got to be careful that you're not looking at a gone in 60 seconds picture in, in lieu of... Um, his Doctor Who stuff. He's got much more hair and gone in 60 seconds. Yeah, I know. That's what I think MKH is looking at. That's my opinion. But I'm seeing if a ro- there's a gif with him with a rocket launcher. No, uh, yeah, as I was I saying, <laughs> that's, he gets the rocket launcher and then he goes, lock and load. And that's the end of that scene. Yeah. yeah and then he I, decides not to use it. Yeah I, yeah, I never argued he used it. I just said yeah. he wielded one. Does Batman never yeah. wield weapons? Oh no, but Batman does kill. He yeah. has killed in the oh. comics. So, MK, yeah. just to remind you, it's, I was talking about coldbox.co.uk and the title was Doctor Who, a complete list of the times the Doctor has used a gun. That's different. Yeah, I know, but you didn't listen to my words in the first place about him wielding a gun. No, but I'd, that's what I'd said. So you've got to apologise to Coltbox because they got it right. That's what in my point. We're not even arguing that point. Okay. Well, Steve, <laughs> do you feel that's a comprehensive um, induction on the Ninth Doctor? I wouldn't say comprehensive, but <laughs> it's there. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. So um, how would you rate um, the first season from the point of view oh, of Russell uh, T. Davis's uh, uh, writing? Well, as a Doctor Who fan, you know, it was incredibly exciting for it to be back after so many years. It was, yeah, it was just, just brilliant. Yeah. Best episode of that season? I've got a soft spot for the little kind of um, uh, filler episode called Boomtown. Right. Which the doctor takes out one of the Slovenes for a meal. And there's a lot of comedy in that. Also, you get Jack, um, Mickey, uh, the doctor, and Rose as a kind of Scooby Doo gang in it. And it's kind of light, and it's just before the big kind of heavy finale. But uh, it's a great little bit in a restaurant between the doctor and Margaret, the Slovene, um, having a conversation about, you know, philosophy and ethics. And that's, uh, yeah, so Boomtown, Empty Child. Yeah, I give those two. Fantastic. So, if you watch one episode, Boomtown. <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> Thanks for your advice, as always. So that was The Ninth Doctor, our cult TV Doctor Who. Thanks once again to Cody. No problem. And our co-presenters, MKH. Thank you. DJ. Ciao now. Myself, King Dom, and our sound recordist, Neo Geo. Bye. We invite you to subscribe as well. Geek Sweat is available on Castbox FM and you can download the app to listen to us. If you want to support the podcast by generating an interview question, being a guest or simply becoming a sponsor, please feel free to email film at instigateonline.com. This podcast thrives on listeners, so thank you for sharing your ears. To show you we care, we watch films to save you hassle. hassle.